Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, I got some news and notes collected over the weekend. Plus, we'll go over the Raiders 2023 NFL draft class and what many different outlets across, well, the NFL believe about their class. Your calls and texts will close out the show. It's all coming up on Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, May 8th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it drops. And of course, you already know, if you're checking us out on YouTube, it's because of my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube, and we definitely appreciate him. And we appreciate you. We're at about almost 6,000 subscribers already on YouTube, and the show hasn't been on YouTube for very long, right? I was the last of the Mohicans to actually get signed up on YouTube, and it's all because of my guy Ari. So many thanks to him at Ari Produces on Twitter and of course more thanks to you Raider Nation for checking us out giving us an opportunity and subscribing if you like it and even subscribing if you don't like it (laughs) it doesn't really matter we do appreciate you no matter what so let's go ahead and jump into the news and notes collected over the weekend and we know at the end of the week the Raiders rookie minicamp is going to be popping up May 12th to the 14th and uh, the Raiders have invited Arizona State or former Arizona State safety DeAndre Pierce to rookie minicamp that's according to his agent Jamal Tucson and he is the son of Antonio Pierce, who's a linebacker coach of the Silver and Black. And really, uh, DeAndre has been removed from football for about a year. Uh, Last time he played was 2021. He had 38 tackles, two interceptions, and four passes defense. And his collegiate career has really been derailed due to injuries. He had basically about two years worth of injuries, but he says he feels really healthy. His dad, Antonio Pierce, says he feels really healthy, and he's going to get an opportunity. Does that mean he's going to make the roster? No, but he's getting invited to camp. He'll be there for the three-day rookie minicamp. And, you know, if he goes out there and puts his uh, best foot forward, maybe he makes the team. It's great to have a coach on the staff, right, or a dad that's a a coach on the staff because that gives him another opportunity. But, again, that's not going to ensure he makes his way onto the roster. And every time I think about rookie minicamps and three-day invites, I always go back to 2016 and think about Jalen Richard. He is a guy who Reggie McKenzie invited to camp when they were still in Oakland. Uh, and it was a three-day, it was just a three-day minicamp. He said, all right, we'll give you a test to see what you can do. He, as an undrafted free agent, makes a squad and makes a big impact early on in that 2016 season. If you go back and remember that very first game of the season they played against the New Orleans Saints, his very first run, his very first NFL run. Think about this. How cool is this? Your first time you get the ball in the NFL, you take it to the house. It was a big-time run by Jalen Richard and really helped the Raiders with that comeback victory that they eventually had over the New Orleans Saints. But Jalen Richard played with the Raiders from 2016 to 2021, and that was all off the bases off a three-day minicamp invite by uh, Reggie McKenzie when he was the GM of the Raiders. So, you know, right now you're seeing DeAndre Pierce, and you're going to see other players, not only with the Raiders, but across the league, get little invites for the rookie minicamp. These guys, all they need to do is get an opportunity to get in camp. Once you get there, it's all about what you can do. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't believe that there'll be any media availability this week when rookie minicamp is going on. But, of course, we'll have our ears to the to the streets and see what's going on and who's making some noise. And so DeAndre Pierce, the safety from Arizona State University, the last time he played football, again, back in 2021, he was actually a transfer from Boise State. The last time he played ball, though, was for the Sun Devils. He's going to have an opportunity to make the Raiders squad uh, based off the weekend uh, uh, 
uh, minicamp coming up again this weekend. Also, I want to give a little bit of a preview. I've been doing previews, kind of scatter shooting with different players that the Raiders selected and even undrafted free agents. And I thought on today's show I was going to have uh, I thought I was going to have a preview of Trey Tucker and kind of a little bit of background on Cincinnati wide receiver Trey Tucker. Uh, actually, I believe that I was going to have the uh, Alex Frank. He's the host of Locked On Cats. He was going to be on the show to break down all things Trey Tucker, and it just didn't happen. Uh, he actually hit me up on Friday and asked me to, to be on his show, Locked On Cats, to talk about Trey Tucker and what he could bring to the Raiders. And I said, yeah, no problem. I'd like to have you on the show as well to talk about Trey Tucker. Since you cover him like a glove, we'd like to get a little bit of a background on the speedster. That's all I know is that he's a fast dude and that he wasn't the best wide receiver there at Cincinnati. Matter of fact, he wasn't even a focal point of their offense there at Cincinnati. So I was ex- excited to have Alex Frank on. We set it up where we were going to talk on Sunday afternoon. So I hop on. I talk with him, spend about 30 minutes talking about Trey Tucker, talking about the Raiders, talking about the Bengals, talking about Bo Jackson. I mean, we just talked about all kind of stuff. And then when it came time for the show to get wrapped up, I was like, hey, uh, you ready to hop on and talk about Trey Tucker with me? And he was like, oh, I got I got something to do. I got an interview I got to do. I, I don't have time. Maybe we can do it a little bit later. And I was like, whoa. Whoa, okay, hold on. That was that was a bit of a surprise. So unfortunately, I didn't get that that uh you know that kind of a background on Trey Tucker like I was expecting to bring to the table today. But that's all right. I'll do some uh, I'll do some digging. I'll get somebody on somebody else on that has covered Trey Tucker and kind of give you a little bit more background on what he brings to the table. But Justin Mello from the Draft Network, he was on my radio show just a few days back, and he was talking about multiple players that he talked to at the Senior Bowl, many players that he talked to leading up to the NFL draft and Trey Tucker was one of them. So I just have a couple sound bites that I'll bring to the table. Again, this is not the preview that I wanted to give you, but it's a preview that I have. So again, I'll do more uh, you know, deep diving. It just didn't shake out the way that I wanted it to. So Justin Mello from the Draft Network, the first sound bite from him is just about his evaluation of Trey Tucker. And he even says at the beginning he was a little surprised that he was drafted as high as he was. Remember, he was a third round pick, number 100 overall. Most people believed he was going to go in the fifth round. But here's Justin Mello on the evaluation of wide receiver Trey Tucker. I'll admit I was surprised that he went as early as he did and I was especially surprised that he went before his teammate uh, Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati who I had a higher grade on. Uh, The thing with Tucker though is he's going to give them speed in bunches. He's a legit 4-3 guy and I think it's a combine I think it was timed in the low 4-4s but he ran 4-3 at Cincinnati's Pro Day. I actually spoke to him about that and I felt his my evaluation of him was more in line with that 4-3 time that he ran at the pro day. I think he's a slot guy only. So that complicates things a little, right? With Hunter Renfro still there and under contract, of course, you know, there was rumors they were going to move on from Renfro just like they did from Waller. He was a guy from, you know, that was added from by the previous regime. But I think Trey Tucker is a slot only guy, a lot quicker than Hunter Renfro, right? A bit more mm-hmm. of a quick twitched athlete. Of course, Renfro, we know it's the route running prowess, right? That allows him to get open with such consistency. But Tucker's got legit track speed. It's long speed. I'll, I'll be interested to see how they work him into the lineup based on the, the fact that he's probably a slot only receiver, just like Hunter Renfro is. So there you go. Justin Mello from the Draft Network. And those guys at the Draft Network do a great job. 
They really do. And Justin in particular, man, he went and did so many deep dives on different players that were going into the draft. And it's so funny. Every time a player has said, oh, I met with the Raiders, I did this, he always sent me a direct message. It was like, oh, Q, here's another one. Here's another one. So it was great to, you know, for him to put out his, his uh, you know, kind of uh, profiles that he had on these different players. And anytime he thought that there was a kind of Raider feel to it, he'd always hit me up. So I definitely appreciate him. And the final soundbite from Justin Mello from the Draft Network on wide receiver Trey Tucker was just my question to him about if he sees Tucker as a guy that head coach Josh McDaniels can use like in multiple ways as a weapon, right? Again, he wasn't a big-time wide receiver at Cincinnati, but to me, he feels like a guy that was almost what DJ Turner was expected to be by many Raider Nation, where you just get the ball in his hands and he can make some things go. So uh, that was what I asked Justin Mello was, can Josh McDaniels use him as just a weapon? Just get the ball to him and let him go. Well, certainly, if there's you know really any coach that can do it, Josh McDaniels is, is probably in the top ten, right, of guys that can utilize. And what I do like, I'll, I'll say, is I do like that he has a different wrinkle than what Hunter Renfro adds, right? As I said, Hunter Renfro, not the, not the most quick twitch, not a speedy guy. Trey Tucker is different in that sense. And I do think that opens up the possibility where you can design things for him, right? We always talk about manufactured touches. I thought Josh McDaniels always did a good job of that in New England, where they had these guys that, that were maybe considered cast-offs from elsewhere, but they had a plan for them, and they designed those manufactured touches and they had success with that so certainly I think you could use Trey Tucker differently uh, than you would use Hunter Renfro and I imagine especially early on while he's still acclimating to the NFL although I will say those Cincinnati guys in my opinion they always acclimate well that's a pro style offense in Cincinnati they spend a lot of time playing behind veterans guys that have been there like Alec Pierce uh, Trey told me personally how much he learned from Alec Pearson and guys like that. So I think he'll be ready to come in, but I imagine immediately they'll be designing a package for him to get the ball in his hands and let him create after the catch, as well as the special teams ability that he brings to the table. So there you go. I mean, there's one thing that Trey Tucker has that you can't teach at speed. Uh, I don't know what that means for Hunter Renfro. I don't know if Trey Tucker is going to make the roster. I mean, you expect a guy who's a third round pick, number 100 overall, you think that he's going to make the team, but he's got he's to earn that in training camp. And of course, there's so many questions. I've had questions about Hunter Renfro. If you look at that wide receiver room right now for the Raiders, it is stacked. And there's been kind of a I don't want to say controversy, but there's been a little bit of a misunderstanding of Hunter Renfro's contract, and I'm still working to get it clarified. I'm not 100% sure. I always like to go to overthecap.com or Spotrack. Those are the two websites that I always check to see guys' contracts and, and the details on the contract. So according to Spotrack.com, and I know many different people have written about this, and I've even had people hit me up and say, Q, I think you got your information wrong, but the website's say different things. So I'm working on some clarity and I'm going to do the best I can to get to that. But on Spotrack.com, uh, it says that Hunter Renfro is a $13 million cap hit in 2023 and an $18 million dead cap if he ends up getting uh, getting traded or getting uh, released. But it doesn't say anything about post-June 1st. It doesn't have any kind of like a drop-down post-June 1st trade, post-June 1st cut, any of that stuff, where overthecap.com does. And it says on their website, Hunter Renfro, if they traded him, if the Raiders traded him post-June 1st, it'd only be a $1.8 million dead cap and a savings of $11 million. So the two websites that are my go-tos are clearly different. So I don't really know the exact, you know, which one's the truth and which one is accurate. So I'm working on it, Raider Nation. So bear with me. Again, my gut feeling is if there's going to be any movement on, on Hunter Renfro, it'll be post-June 1st because it's a lot of dead, it's a lot of, uh, of cap savings and the dead cap's not very much, only $1.8 million. And of course, they spread that out over a course of a couple of years. 
but I could be wrong. So I will find out. I will get to the bottom of it, and I'll definitely bring it to the table. But again, uh, my clip, my 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 feeling is that if he's going to get moved, it'll be post June first because it's a lot of money saved. We'll see what happens. There is a world where Trey Tucker and Hunter Renfro could be on the same team, and Trey Tucker could be basically just a special teams guy and not worry about him getting on the field, maybe use him as a gadget guy every once in a while, handing him the ball or getting it to him on jet sweeps, whatever the case may be, just because he has that speed. So as soon as I get that clarification, I'll definitely bring it to the table. Coming up in segment number two, want to go over Raiders draft grades. And, you know, I've said it multiple times, including right after the draft, I'm not a big grade guy, but I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. I think a lot of people believe that I'm here to sell you on the Raiders being really good at what they're doing and this this uh, staff being really good. And I'm just here to let it be known that there's plenty of outlets out there that believe the Raiders had a really solid draft in 2023. What do I mean by that? Well, I'll talk about it coming up in segment number three, or segment number two, excuse me, after I tell you about Built Barn. I'm checking out the website right now, built.com, and there's so many things to like on built.com peanut butter bar is back that's the big headline as soon as i check it out it says put the spoon down pick up this bar Uh, again it's peanut butter bar peanut butter is one of my favorite flavors out there they've got so many different ones to choose from they always have limited flavors like snickerdoodle chunk puff that actually has marshmallows in it they have the coconut brownie strip bar Animal cookie bar. If you've been an animal cookie fan, and I was that guy back in the day, I'd get that big pink bag of animal cookies that had the sprinkles on it. I can't tell you how many I ate one time, and I just got sick as a dog. (laughs) I got so sick. Well, the good thing is this is in a bar. This is a protein bar, and it's good for you. So if you're an animal cookie fan, this bar will be great. Uh, Again, I mentioned the peanut butter bar. They have the cookie dough chunk puff peanut butter uh, puff bar. They have all kind of brownie puff bites, uh, cookies and cream puff bites. They have uh, peanut butter brownie balls. I mean, they have everything that you can desire, any flavor that you could think of, something for everyone. The good thing is calories, low. Sugar, low. Protein, high. Flavor, fantastic. Taste is great, right? So go check them out today. Built.com. Go ahead and get you that snack. No matter when you need it, where you need it, it's there for you. Built.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON15. It'll save you 15% off your order when you go to check out. Again, promo code LOCKEDON15 when you check them out at Built.com. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Just want to talk about the overall draft class for the silver and black. And I have all these different papers and all these different printouts as I've searched the internet. I've gone through all these different websites, checking out all these different draft grades. And I'm not a big draft guy, but I came out of the draft weekend on that Monday and said I felt like the draft was solid for the silver and black. Going over it real quick, looking at pick number one, seven overall, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, defensive end. Round two, number 35, tight end Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Round three, number 70 overall, defensive tackle Byron Young out of Alabama. Round three, also number 100, wide receiver Trey Tucker out of Cincinnati. Round four, 104, cornerback Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland. Round four, 135, quarterback Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue. Round five, 170, safety Christopher Smith out of Georgia. Round six, number 203, linebacker Amari Bernie out of Florida. And then round seven, 231, defensive tackle Nesta Jade Silvera. So those are the drafted 
players. Of course, the Raiders went and signed 10 undrafted free agents as well. Dalton Wagner, McClendon Curtis, both offensive linemen. Drake Thomas, the linebacker out of NC State. Adam Plant Jr. out of UNLV, the edge rusher. Brock Martin, the edge out of Oklahoma State. George Tarlis, uh, edge out of Boise State. Jaden Grant, safety out of Oregon State. Jordan Perriman, cornerback out of Washington. And Azizi Hearn, cornerback out of UCLA. Those are the 10 undrafted free agents. So uh, they're up to their 90-man roster. Matter of fact, they're up to their 91-man roster now with their international player that they added at the end of last week. But I came out of the draft feeling like it was pretty solid, right? I thought that the Raiders got some good players that have an opportunity to really grow, right? I've talked about that a lot. Guys that have production, if you go up and down the draft and looked at them, they all have production, but they're all guys that are not finished products. That's what I enjoyed about it. And really, the probably the biggest question was the guy that I thought I was going to be featuring on today's show, which was wide receiver Trey Tucker out of Cincinnati, which just didn't happen. Again, it will happen. It just didn't. But for the most part, I thought that the draft was pretty good. And, you know, there's people out there, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, are so jaded by the way that the Raiders draft have gone years on top of years on top of years, think that, okay, it's, it's a fail. And no matter what anyone says, it's a fail. But I honestly don't believe that. I think that the draft was good. And I know that you're not going to, you know, you're not going to hit home runs every single time you draft a player. And that's okay. It is good to get in the habit of drafting good players. If you just draft good players, that means you have good talent on your roster and it's up to them to grow. But I feel like every one of these players, for the most part, has an opportunity to grow. I know a lot of people, including myself, question Aiden O'Connell, you know, the wide receiver in the fourth round, uh, I mean, the quarterback, excuse me, in the fourth round, he's a He's a solid player, but he's not mobile. And I think in 2023, you got to have a mobile quarterback. And then I know a lot of people think about Trey Tucker, the wide receiver out of Cincinnati in round three, number 100 overall, which is basically Darren Waller. That's the pick they got for Darren Waller from the New York Giants and say, yeah, that's a head scratcher because he should have gone a little bit later. And for the most part, people have Trey Tucker going probably around five or round six. The Raiders picked him in round three. So I get that. But, you know, as I was doing my research, And I was looking at these different outlets, and I like to do that. I like to not just listen to what I think and what Raider Nation thinks, but I like to see what these, you know, professional outlets are talking about. So it doesn't matter what your flavor is. You know, I'm looking at Pro Football Focus right now, and their grade overall for the Raiders, a B minus, right? And so basically, they, uh, I'm trying to see their summary real quick. I'm trying to look at it. Uh, They said uh, day one, they like Tyree Wilson. Day two, they, of course, like Michael Mayer. Uh, Day three, Tucker produced PFF grades of 70 or better in all four of his seasons in college, but this is a lot earlier than we expected him to go off the board. So basically, that's why the Raiders got a B-minus was because of the Trey Tucker pick. But they did get a B-minus from Pro Football Focus. NFL.com, they looked at the Raiders draft picks. They gave them day one, an A-minus. Day two, a B. Day three grade, an A. Overall, that comes out to a B-plus. Uh, the an- uh, analysis, selecting Wilson to play across from Crosby was prudent. Mayer's the draft's best tight end, so trading up for him made sense. Young will be part of the line rotation this year. And Tucker, selected with the pick game from the Giants for Darren Waller, will excel in the slot, though both were picked around earlier than anticipated. So that's from NFL.com. How about football insiders? They go a little bit different, right? They give their high grade and their low grade. So looking at the list, going up and down every single team, I'm going through it right now, scrolling. They have the Raiders, their highest score was an A, and their lowest was a C plus. So that comes out to be a 2.94. And I don't know about you, Raider Nation. I don't know what you did in school, but if I ever came home with a report card that had a 2.94, my mom would do a backflip. And she's not a gymnast. But if I ever came home with a 2.94 GPA on my report card, she'd be happy. Hell, I'd be happy. <laughs> right? I don't think I could combine a couple of semesters and get a 2.94 if I could have came away with one. So again, I mean, it's just... 
the overall consensus. It's just like, you know, and these guys, none of these outlets have any reason, right? No matter how much you might question me and think that, oh, he's, he's paid by the Raiders or he's paid to this, which I'm not, by the way, but that's a whole nother conversation. I don't, they don't have any agenda to, to make, to try to sell you on the Raiders draft class being solid. And look, this is just what May 8th. So they have to get out there and get on the field and prove their worth and prove that these breakdowns of the, the draft classes is accurate. You know, the, the thing about it is they could all end up not being good for some reason, one way, one shape, one how, whatever. They all of a sudden could end up being terrible. And you can go back two or three years from now and saying, you know what? That class wasn't a solid class. That was a below average class. Or there could be a couple guys that excel that we don't expect to excel. And all of a sudden you look back and say, wow, that was a fantastic draft. You know, even going back to, uh, you know, the 2014 class when Derek Carr was drafted and Khalil Mack was drafted and Gabe Jackson was drafted. Look, we look back a couple years after that and was like, man, that was a fantastic draft. The problem is that was like the only fantastic draft that the Raiders had. And, and that's all you can ask for is have a fantastic out of the park, you know, hit home run draft a couple times. Right. Like the Jets had a had a home run of a draft last year. You know, no one expected them to follow it up with another home run of a draft. Like I, I don't expect even the good teams. Like I, I always say, I, I respect Baltimore's front office. I expect I respect Seattle's front office. Uh, you know, there's other teams that I look at and I say, you know what? They do a really good job. Even the 49ers who the Raiders are trying to, uh, you know, emulate. They came in with John Lynch and and and, uh, and Kyle Shanahan. And at first they weren't doing very well. Right their their draft classes were kind of you know piss poor to say the least, and people were thinking that those guys were going to get fired. Then all of a sudden they turned things around. They're in lockstep with each other, and now all of a sudden you look at their draft class. And this past one in San Francisco wasn't so good. A lot of people were looking at it like, eh, uh, you know, not not too hot. Matter of fact, let me check real quick to see what the uh, uh, football outsiders are saying. Yeah, they gave them a B plus and an F, given a total of one seven nine GPA. That's more like what my GPA was back in the day, one seven nine. And then I was like, I was telling my mom, be like, mom, it's almost a C. <laughs> I'm almost averaging a C, and she's like, yeah, uh, not so good, boy. So uh, moving on, CBS Sports. Ryan Wilson, he ranked the Raiders eighth out of thirty two teams. He ranked them eighth as far as their draft class, uh, and he, he didn't give them you know A, B, C, or D or whatever, but uh, basically just you know again ranked them eighth. Favorite pick was uh, was Michael Mayer. Best value, Jacorian Bennett. Most surprising pick, Christopher Smith. That's what he gave him. Yahoo Sports, Charles McDonald does a fantastic job covering the glove. Overall grade, B-plus for the Raiders. Favorite pick was Michael Mayer. Least favorite pick, Aiden O'Connell. But, again, he gave him a B-plus. He said uh, it was a bit of a head-scratching pick at the end of round four for O'Connell. He never really flashed NFL skills at Purdue, but had just enough arm talent to have teams interested in drafting him this offseason. It remains to be seen if O'Connell has the talent to be a legitimate backup quarterback in the NFL. The Raiders could have found someone to at least get on the field in special teams at this spot. So there was his knock on the Raiders draft of Aiden O'Connell. And I think a lot of people, including myself, have questioned that move right there. But we all knew they were coming out of the draft with a quarterback, just didn't know who it was going to be. It ends up being Aiden O'Connell. Fox Sports, this is the lowest one I could find. Las Vegas Raiders, they gave him a C minus. Uh, they said it's hard to argue with edge rusher Tyree Wilson at seven, except that the Raiders still don't have the young quarterback McDaniels wants to build around. They could have used help on the O-line and at cornerback two. Instead, they traded a fifth-round pick to move up in round two for tight end Michael Mayer. He may be the best tight end in the draft, but he's also somewhat redundant after they signed Austin Hooper and O.J. Howard in free agency. Now, I'll stop right there. Austin Hooper and O.J. Howard, I don't think, are going to carry uh, Michael Mayer's jockstrap. I, I really don't. I think Michael Mayer is going to be that good. And I could come back you know, a year from now and say, hey, you know what? My bad. I thought this dude was way better than he really was. But Michael Mayer, I think, is going to be special. 
I don't think Austin Hooper and O.J. Howard, I think they're going to have to fight for their jobs. Austin Hooper, I can see making the roster, no doubt. But O.J. Howard is a guy that's been banged up and injured his whole career. And I'm a, you know, anyone who's listened to this show for a while knows I'm a guy that yells Roll Tide all day. Roll Tide, right? We in the house yelling Roll Tide all the time. So I always got love for all Alabama players. But O.J. Howard's been a big disappointment since he's been in the league. So uh, moving on, he says, and then there are two third rounders. Uh, Byron Young and wide receiver Trey Tucker were overdrafted depth players based on most analysis assessment. Again, that's Fox Sports who gave them a C minus, and that's okay, right? I mean, again, just because it's C minus, it's still it's still passing. It's just the lowest grade that I've found. So again, if you're looking at all these grades that we've gone over so far, we're talking about a B minus, a B plus, a C plus. Uh, you know, a eight out of thirty-two, a B plus, a C minus. Uh, sporting news. What did the Sporting News give the Raiders? A B minus. They said uh, Wilson and Mayer gave the Raiders two first-round talents at positions of need. Young can also be an absolute starting stud to upgrade a significant weakness. Dave Ziegler then went for some odd depth and reach picks before coming back to get another potential key defensive impact player in Smith. So there you go. That's the breakdown of why uh, Sporting News gave the Raiders a B-minus with their 2023 class. And we'll close out with CBS Sports' Chris Trapasso. He gave the Raiders, as I'm looking at it, he gave Tyree Wilson an A, Michael Mayer B plus, Byron Young, defensive tackle, he gave him a D. He was really low on him. Trey Tucker gave him an A minus. Most people are down on him. And uh and Chris gave him an A minus. Jacorian Bennett gave him an A minus. Aiden O'Connell, C plus. Christopher Smith, C plus. Uh, Mari Bernie out of Florida, linebacker, a C. And then Nesta J. Silvera, a B plus. And uh, overall get grade was a B minus. He says strong. Prudent start faded into a strange finish for the Raiders in this draft. Wilson has all pro upside, especially given that he won't begin his NFL career as the edge rusher who will draw the most attention from offensive coordinators and offensive lines. Mayer will fill the hole left by Darren Waller and comes with a super high floor. Young was a major reach in round three. He simply doesn't have serious pass rush talent. Tucker, uh, Tucker from Cincinnati is a nifty, sneaky, explosive slot receiver who tracks it well, even when it's outside his frame. And I adored Bennett as a feisty inside-out corner. The last four picks were grabbed too early altogether. The Raiders should be mostly happy with this class. A B minus again. That's from Chris Tra- Trapasso from CBS Sports. So I just break that all down to you because I want you to hear it from different angles, not just my angle, not just you know a few of the fans' angles as as you hear from the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line, but. These guys who do this professionally, I just wanted you to know that, hey, we can go out and we can collect as much data as we want and bring it to the table, and then you can get an overall feel. So there's no agenda to sell this this staff on, oh, they made great selections. There's some that are questionable, but all in all, it feels pretty solid of a draft class. Now, it's up to these players to go out there and show what they're worth and show why they were drafted, and it's more importantly up to these coaches to go out there and coach these guys up and develop them into the players that they're seeking. And, you know, again, I've mentioned before Byron Young, the defensive tackle out of uh, Alabama. I know he doesn't have a lot of pass production. I mean, he passed rush production. Four sacks in 2022 was the best of his career. I think that he could develop into that at some point. But off top, his rookie year, you'll see him as a pass or as a, as a run stopper, no doubt. Like, that's going to be how he butters his bread is by way of the run stop. So, uh, again, I just really kind of want to put a cap on this, a little bit of a bow on the overall class. We'll continue to break down other players and what they could bring to the table. But all in all, I really do feel like in my gut, and again, you don't have to agree with me, that's fine. Like I said, I just like to bring different conversations to the table and let you know what other people are talking about. I feel like the Raiders had a very solid draft class. My guy, John McClain, you know I respect the hell out of him. Uh, he used to be from the Houston Chronicle for a very long time. He's now at gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610 in Houston. When he was on my radio show, he was like, Q, I gave the Raiders an A. And I didn't even go that far. I was like, yeah, 
I think they did well. I think it was solid. I don't think it was an A, right? And again, I don't really give grades. I just kind of say solid, good, really good, poor. Like, uh, that's just kind of how I look at it right now. And we can give grades later on when we see these players develop. But John McClain felt very confident saying he thought the Raiders got an A with their draft class. So there's that. You can always chime in at any time at 707-654-4693. That's the Lockdown Raiders podcast voicemail line. Your calls and texts are coming up next here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Went a little long there in segment number two, so only have time for a few calls and texts here, but let's go ahead and jump right into it. Start off with Raider X. He's calling to talk about the draft and highlighting a player that he's really excited about. Here he is, Raider X. This is Raider X. You talking about the draft real quick uh, you know every player has a has some flaws you know even number one overall you know uh, Bryce Young you know they talked about his size everybody you know Wilson obviously has some things to work on to clean up get some multiple skills but the guy is going to be legit so is a number of other players all have some things but I think that we need to focus on uh, this guy out of Georgia the safety Chris Smith uh, Christopher Smith he is going to be a gem. If you watch the film on this guy, consistently he's gotten better and be consistent over over his last two years where he has three picks or more uh, for that Georgia defense. This guy is humming. I think what makes it so so nice is he always has a nose for the ball. Seems like he has great anticipation and is always around. I think that's going to give some more beat. Might be a box safety. You never know. He might even bulk up and kind of get some support to the linebackers. No, we talked about a lot of missing linebackers and having that beef in for the for the Raiders. Keep an eye from what I'm hearing from the circles over here, uh, uh, you know, around his buddies, is uh, pull a pull him out. Uh, the the safeties that got out of the UNC last year, they're saying this guy is bulked up in this off season, the full season with the Raiders. He's, he's almost up to about two thirty. So 230 with the same instincts as he played at USC, that might be our linebacker in disguise. The guy can cover. The guy can hit. He's legit. He's got great skills. And forget about, you know, the overall, you know, uh, you know, family tree. He's got that Palomalo, you know, blood, you know. So I, I think we got some studs. Really, really do. And I think, you know, really, if you're going to take a deep dive in that uh, Christopher Smith, I think that might be a, some good looking out. All right. Raiders out. Raider X, bye. Raider X, thanks so much for the call, my man. Christopher Smith, I like him. I really do. Christopher Smith is a guy, a safety out of Georgia. The Raiders got in round five, and I keep saying, to me, he's like a young Jerron Harmon. Jerron Harmon is a guy who's still a free agent. He's a guy that I'd love to see the Raiders go re-sign. When I played uh, uh, in the celebrity basketball game here in Vegas with him, I asked him, are you coming back to the Raiders this year? And he said, that's the plan. So he's all in on, on returning to the silver and black. I really hope that they go out there and spend some of their free agency money and bring uh, Jerron Harmon back. I think he could really help these guys develop, especially a guy like Christopher Smith, because I think he's going to be a player. I really do. Six interceptions the last two seasons at Georgia. Uh, and then you talk about Isaiah Palomoa, a uh, guy with a lot of potential. He's a guy that my man Vinny Bonsignor is very high on out of USC, the young man out of USC. We liked what he brought to the table, liked what we saw from him in training camp last year. He's got to continue to develop. So if what you're saying is true, he's putting on more weight. He's still grinding. Uh, maybe he's trying to really carve out that role for him on that Raiders defense. But uh, Christopher Smith, the second out of Georgia, 
Big fan as well. Think he's going to do some big things. And I really think Trayvon Merrick is going to get his stones tested, right? Trayvon Merrick's really got to step up to the table and show that he deserves a roster spot. He was not drafted by Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and Champ Kelly. He was drafted by the previous staff, you know, John Gruden and uh, Mike Mayock. So if they decide to move on from him, that won't be any sweat off their back. They'll say, hey, you know what? He ain't my guy. So he's got a lot of work and he's got a lot to prove upcoming in training camp. Next, we got a text from Big Art. It says, Q, how's it shaking? It's Big Art. Hope the nation is doing well and healthy. Well, the draft came and the draft went, and there are new stars in the desert. Or is there? Here are some notes I have on Wilson, who I'm completely excited about. Dude's a monster for sure. Looks like Galvatron. Big, fast, and rare with strength. He literally knocks linemen back and gets them off balance with ease. But he's certainly not a finished product. He's raw. I mean, more raw than a rare ribeye. However, if this ribeye gets some good seasoning, he'll be a dangerous dish to serve Mr. Irma Holmes and Mr. Herbert, if you get what I mean. Everything that's wrong with Wilson, his new teammates, Max and Chandler, have mastered. His get-off is quite slow, not really fast or violent in hand-to-hand combat, needs more moves and skill set. He does use his hands violently and skill set at times. He just doesn't do it as often as he's going to need to to succeed. Lastly, leverage is a minor issue, too, because he's so tall, but whenever he was violent in his combat, had at least decent leverage. He was flat-out unblockable. If he gets the right coaching, he is the next Miles Garrett. Take care, man. That's uh, from Big Art. He says Raiders at the end there. And, yeah, that's the thing about all these players. Like, I can start at the top and go all the way to the bottom. I think all these guys have production. All these guys have shown that they could be good, but they also have all shown that they still have room to grow. And Tyree Wilson is no different. Uh, I'm just really my biggest question with him is really that foot injury. If if he checks out to be 100% healthy when training camp rolls around, and he's out there able to put in the work. I have no doubt he's going to be really good. It's all about that injury with me, but he's the kind of guy. He's a humble guy. He's a quiet guy. He's all about his business. I mean, when I talked to him right after the draft, right after he got selected, I asked him uh, about, you know, Las Vegas and uh, he's all, yeah, it seems like a fun city, but I'm there for business. Then he flew to Vegas the next day and uh, met with the met with the media, met with the Raiders. You know, just kind of got familiar with the 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 area, the the section or the um the the facility. I guess that's the best word to say. Uh, he got familiar with the facility, and he didn't bring his family or nothing. He just said, "Hey, I want to get there. I want to uh, get my iPad. I want to get in the playbook, and I want to start learning. Like it's it's all about business." So the dude, he has a, the right mindset. So I, I think as long as he's healthy. He'll be just fine and be a really, really good player. But, again, it's all going to go back down with him to the, uh, to, to the, the health of his, uh, that foot. If he's 100% healthy, I think he's going to be 100% good. He'll be a really good player in my opinion. But thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Next up, I got a call from Jordan in Oregon. Just got time for a couple more. He's calling to talk about the way the league is now and how there's so much parity across the league, something we've talked about here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Here's Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan Oregon. I wanted to call in and. Chime in on your podcast. I've been loving the episodes all week, and uh, this this uh, Friday edition's really hitting. And, uh, you know, it really got me thinking, man. I, I wanted to chime in on the whole record and just – I'm not trying to make any predictions this early, but I just wanted to chime in on the idea of that, uh, you know, you hear a lot of a lot of players and, and coaches around the NFL talk about how this league, and Q, you've done whole podcasts on it, is, is really um, – Things are set. Uh, there's a lot of parity across the league. It's a pretty even, uh, I guess you could say, playing field across the board as as compared to how it maybe used to be in the NFL. And I want to say, you know, um, eight, an eight and eight or uh, what used to be eight and eight, like an eight and nine football team or a nine and eight football team, 
I mean, you're just a few plays away from being the Raiders of last year or being, you know, uh, a team like the Jags who, who got in with 10 wins. And so I guess where I'm going with this is the league right now is set up to where, you know, your, your season swings on just a few plays. I mean, honestly, if you're, if you're in the middle of the pack in the NFL, you could be a missed field goal and a couple, uh, you know, non catches away from, from being, um, you know, a playoff team. And then it could swing the other way. You could miss a couple kicks, have, have a bad weather game and all of a sudden you're sitting where the Raiders are, you know? And so it's just, I guess my point is with this, I just wanted to say is that I think the Raiders number one goal of the off season has to be is to plan the game plan around offensively is to be, you know, a long, methodical, um, you know, time, I guess, kind of, I guess, uh, winning the time of possession type team, like grinding the clock, you know, being, uh, uh, committing to the run, being a team that's just very physical. And part of the reason I think that is, is I think the number one goal of the offseason Q has to be keep Jimmy G, uh, upright, keep Jimmy G upright all 17 games. And, you know, obviously there's going to be some sacks along the way, but this, this team, the number one goal, I think, in this offseason, I think they should just go into camp preaching it. It's like, hey, we're putting our faith of our whole offense and just being a quick, quick release run team type offense. Like, that's the only way this thing's going to work. And that's, that's how I think we could be, you know, maybe on the edge of being like a 500 team, like a, a nine and eight, you know, for, you know, get really optimistic 10 and seven. But, yeah, Q, I just think this team, uh, I want to get your take on this, has to really implement whatever this season, however this season goes, commit to one thing, keeping Jimmy G healthy, because if the wheels fall off with him, you know, the season's pretty well going to go down as a developmental. Peace out. Thank you so much for the call, my man. I agree with the parody across the league, man. It allows teams to go from not being very good to being great. You know, the what do we say, the worst to first all the time? That happens because it's really a very small margin. And if you think about it, think about the Raiders in 2021. They won all those last-second games, right? All down to the wire, one-score games the Raiders were on the right side of. 2022, they were always on the wrong side of it. So if you think about it, if they just even split the difference, right? I mean, they had like six one-score losses in 2022. If they win three of those, all of a sudden you're looking at nine wins. And now you're talking about you're putting yourself in position to be a potential playoff team. You got to pretty much get 10 wins or 11 wins to make the playoffs. Now it's a 17-game season. But if you're sitting there at nine wins, you're right there knocking on the door. How much different would you feel about a nine-win Raider team in 2022 as opposed to a six-win team? Right. And then, of course, some of those losses like the Cardinals loss, like the Rams loss, uh, like who else, like the Colts loss. Right. Just to name three off the top of my head that were basically unacceptable. There was only two really games that they got blown out in. The Saints was an absolute no show. I don't know what the hell happened there. Uh, the Jaguars, hell, they were up in that game and they lost that. The Steelers, they were up in that game on Christmas Eve and they lost that. But the the what the Saints and I think the Chiefs game to end the season weren't, weren't even close. And that was pretty much it. The rest of the games were, were really close, and they had chances to win. So if they all of a sudden split the difference on those one-score losses, now you're talking about a nine-win team, and now you're on to something. And so now Raider Nation is not so uptight and angry at the coach. They think, okay, you know, it wasn't a great season, but it wasn't bad either. You look at a 6-11 and 11 team, you're like, yeah, that was pretty bad. The coach has got a lot to prove, and he does. Josh McDaniels has a lot of pressure on his, on his shoulders, I believe, this upcoming season. Uh, final text is from Omar in El Paso. He's all, hey Q, 
It's Omar from El Paso. This is more of a request instead of a segment. Can you do an undrafted free agent segment like you did with draft picks? You know, when you interview their local guys asking about the player. More so on Wagner and Drake Thomas since they're the ones who might make the team. Thanks in advance. No worries if you're not able to make it happen. Thanks as always. That's Omar in El Paso. And Omar, you know I got you, man. I got you covered like a glove. Actually, it's funny. Today on my radio show, Andrew Hutchinson, who covers the Arkansas Razorbacks, he's going to be on the show to talk all things Dalton Wagner, uh, the O-lineman from Arkansas. And then Gene Henley is going to be talking all things McClendon Curtis, offensive lineman from Chattanooga. But yeah, I'm definitely going to go on after the undrafted free agents as well. Uh, The Raiders signed them. They found a reason to sign them, and those offensive linemen in particular were priorities. They gave them a lot of coins. So we're going to get those guys on the radio show. I'll bring you some highlights from that conversation to the uh, podcast starting tomorrow. Uh, And if the interview is really good, maybe I'll bring you the whole thing. Uh, but, yeah, I'm definitely going to go over that. I wish and I apologize that I didn't have a full um, you know, breakdown of Trey Tucker, the wide receiver out of Cincinnati. It just didn't happen. I thought it was going to happen, and it didn't. I'm really disappointed that it didn't. But uh, I will find someone that has covered Cincinnati like a glove and can give you the background on Trey Tucker. I'll continue to go through all the players that the Raiders drafted and the undrafted free agents. But that's going to do it for today's show. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have more calls and text draft that Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. We'll have some breakdowns talking about the undrafted free agents uh, that the Raiders drafted or got signed as undrafted free agents. Uh, the offensive linemen, as I was mentioned, uh, Dalton Wagner and also uh, McClendon Curtis. We'll have some sound bites from them. And, of course, we'll have more conversation here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast as we do each and every day. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.